Welcome back to the Doster Roster Podcast. I am your host, Paul Doster, and I am joined by my co-host, Noah Asher. Jambo, everybody. And in this week's episode, we are going to be doing a general sports topic in which we are going to be taking various uh, topics from um, all over and just kind of discussing whether we are for or against them. But uh, real quick, before we dive into that, we're actually going to recap just a little bit of um, the 2021 NFL draft. We talked about that in the previous podcast, so I figured it was only appropriate that we uh, cover a little bit of it. Um, went pretty uh, chalk for the most part, at least mm-hmm. in the first round. wasn't really anything uh, too surprising. Um, the Eagles traded two spots uh, up to get the receiver that they really needed, but I think the other... Uh, at least first round noteworthy uh, trade was probably the Chicago Bears uh, trading up to get um, Justin Fields, uh, quarterback from Ohio State, which uh, I think that was probably the right thing for them to do. Bye bye, Mitch. Be- and uh, Andy Dalton too. And Andy Dalton because they kind of got they they did get a lot of flack for they posted on Twitter. Uh, a picture of Andy Dalton, you know, in a Bears uniform, and it said QB one. And pretty much everybody laughed at that yeah. because while Andy Dalton has had a uh, for a quarterback coming out of TCU, he's had a good career. Yeah, but he's at this point, unless he has a miraculous like turnaround, he's not a QB one. No, and so the fact that the Bears traded up to get the Ohio State quarterback, I think that was the best thing to do because they couldn't go into this season. You know, with like you said, Mitchell Trubisky or Andy Dalton, and expect the fans to think that's okay or be yeah. acceptable. So, um, but so we'll see how that so goes. So, do you think them. Dalton's beyond his prime? Um, I just don't or think. Do you think he just needs like a quarterback whisperer? I don't. I just don't think that he could lead a team like the Bears. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I just I think that with a team like the Bears, you need a guy who can pretty much who can take over a game, mm-hmm. and he's just not that kind of player. I was surprised to see Justin Fields not go in the top five. I mean, but at the same time, yeah. I said what I said about him last week, that I thought he was going to be a bust when everything comes around, yeah. which would be very on par for the Bears. Yes. Um, they've been they've been looking for a quarterback since the 80s. So, I mean, it would, it would check out. Yeah, um, it would. It really would. But yeah, he. I mean, I would say that there was a lot of online tension about why he hasn't been drafted yet. What's going on? Oh yeah, um, I mean, it was definitely. And the same thing with Mac Jones, the quarterback yeah. for Alabama. I mean, there, he was actually at. He was on site in Cleveland for the draft, and you could see as the names kept getting called and guys kept going up, or they were panning to them in their houses. He's still just sitting there, just kind of on his phone, just kind of, you know, you can see the thumbs yeah. kind of circling. A little, little bit of panic, but, I mean, he went to the team that Mac Jones did. He went to the team that everybody thought he would go to, and that was the Patriots. Yeah. And so it all worked out for him in the end, I think. And a um, uh, guy you were talking about last week, Najee Harris, uh-huh. wound up going – 24th almost not even in the top 25 yeah um but i mean running back running backs don't really go high in the draft yeah uh went to the steelers that was i mean he'll he'll do work there yeah i think it was um on average from most of the mock drafts he actually went 12 spots higher they had him at around 36 and he actually was the first running back off the board and um i believe i think i know jacksonville took a running back too, but I think it was a few picks later. Um, but yeah, I think that he, I, um, he went to Pittsburgh and so that's going to be, that's going to be one I'm going to, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on to see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, did you see the memes of, uh, the pick that the, with the pick that the Bengals made of Joe Burrow just getting yes demolished because they decided to pick up, uh, Jamar Chase instead of getting him some blockers. Yeah, instead of which is what I thought initially is that it would be a crime for them not to get an offensive lineman because uh, obviously Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase they played together yeah. at LSU, so, so they have that relationship. So there's obviously chemistry there, but if he doesn't have if he doesn't have enough time to throw, throw the ball, it to him. who ca- it doesn't it matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Matter. So, um, I mean, 
I saw uh, uh, Jalen Waddle go into uh, another wide receiver quarterback matchup from mm-hmm. yep. uh, with Tua. Yep, yep. To so, the Dolphins. So uh, some interesting stuff. Uh, and as also another uh, quarterback wide receiver reunion, the Eagles drafted Devontae Smith from Alabama, yep. and he was a receiver while uh, Jalen Hurts was still the quarterback in Alabama before Tua. Yeah. So that's another reunion there. So hopefully that's another one that I'm crossing my fingers that um, that also works out, and they pretty much pick up right where they left off. What are your thoughts on Tampa Bay drafting Kyle Trask? Oh, I love that pick. Do you? I really do. For for whose sake? For for the player or for the team? For the team. I think it's I think it's fine. Yeah. I don't I, because Tampa is. I mean, Brady's not going to be there forever. We've said that for about five years now. Yeah, and he keeps doing winning Super Bowls. But yes, I mean, I, you know, unless he's not human, he eventually will retire. But I think Tampa. I, obviously, it's been in the news that they're the first Super Bowl team to bring back all twenty-two starters, eleven on offense and eleven on defense. And if you want to dive even further, it's like their top <laughs> sixteen snap count leaders on offense, and like their top. 18 snap count leaders on defense, which is unheard of. Yeah. So the fact that they have all the players back from that team shows that they have like no real weak spots. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they were able to get um, a quarterback like Kyle Trask in the second round, I think he was the last pick in the second round. So almost third round. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that because obviously he, there's no pressure for him to start day one. Yeah. He and he gets to learn from the greatest from Tom Brady. all, t- all yeah. the time. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's not like they missed on somebody who could have improved the team because you know Tabor at, the, at least at this point doesn't really have a weakness. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so, just want to get your thoughts. Yeah, cool. All right, let's uh, review the hometown team, the UCF Knights. They ended up getting five players drafted. Five, five, which five, is, which is which is a record for UCF. Yes, and I was going to say, I think it's the most in their conference, too. Yes, it is. Because uh, the first player picked in uh, the AAC was um, uh, Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa. He got picked in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so the Knights, uh, Aaron Robinson, the cornerback, got drafted third round uh, to the New York Giants. Uh, Richie Grant was the first night off the board safety. He got picked in the second round by the Atlanta Falcons. Uh Jacob Harris, wide receiver, got picked up in the fourth round by the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Tay Gowan went yeah. in the sixth round to the Arizona Cardinals. And then Trey Nix, another wide receiver, seventh round to the New England Patriots. Somebody who didn't get drafted that we talked about last week was uh, Marlon Williams. Yeah. He ended up signing. free agent, though. He did the undrafted free agent. But I thought that he, the fact that he was still on the board and that Tay Gowan didn't get picked up till the sixth round, yeah, I thought that was almost a crime. Yeah, but uh, he was insane. he the one who sat out Tay Gowan. Tay Gowan didn't play last year. That's so, right. So yeah, so, he, so as we discussed last week, we thought that might hurt his draft stock, and it did. And it, I would say significantly did. Yeah, but um, I think that you know if he can get into the right. Um, you know, coaching system, I think he can actually do really well in Arizona because they need a lot of um, at least secondary help. So maybe maybe he finds a, a niche there. And um, But, yeah, I was going to say we talked about this last week, and most of these guys like Aaron Robinson, Richie Grant, and Tay Gowan. Aaron Robinson and Richie, Richie Grant went at least in the draft where we thought that they would go. Yeah. But then, yeah, like, like I just mentioned, the fact that Marlon Williams didn't get drafted and then Tay Gowan went as late as he went. We're surprising, at um, least to me. I was surprised to see Jacob Harris. I, I was surprised it wasn't flip-flop Jacob Harris and Marlon Williams. Right. Yeah, um, that's what I would have thought. And did you hear Mel Did you hear Mel Kiper raving about uh, Jacob Harris? Were you able to catch that? No, I was actually listening to the, uh, the other crew, so I didn't. Okay, so yeah. Mel Kiper was going on and on about how this guy's only played football for six years. Mm-hmm. Um Grew up playing soccer, transitioned playing football his last year of high school, just going on and on and on, just oging all over this guy. Nice. Um, which was interesting to, to see. Um, also, we went five for five with UCF being called UCF and not Central Florida. 
Nice. Yes. That's the that's branding always, is holding. I was gonna say that's always been the thing because it's always even UCF has been pushing for that, but there's always it's usually fifty fifty yeah. whether you get you know Central Florida, yeah UCF, uh, sometimes the Golden Knights. Yep. But now it seems to be really sticking that it's UCF. Yeah. So that's, that's um, nice. And so I mean. Five draft picks coming out of the 2020 season. Like, I feel pretty good about that with it being. But at the same time, the fact that Josh Heupel had that much talent and could go and went six and four with it. Well, Josh Heupel and Randy Shannon. Right. And they went six and four with that also says a lot. Well, I was going to say, and you have to think that you're your top three picks are all defensive players. And what is UCF known for? Not having a good Not defense. having, giving up a lot of points. Yeah, giving up a lot of points. So, so I mean, do, I think that might speak to the scheming on defense. Um, yeah, absolutely. And uh, just bad coaching. So, hopefully that'll turn around this year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was, uh, you know, Everybody that we thought was going to go to the NFL did go to the NFL. They didn't all get drafted, but they all did go to the NFL. Yeah, so very exciting. I'll be uh, keeping an eye on those players and seeing um, you know, how they progress. Yeah. And so, um, and nobody went to the Jets or the Browns. So that's always a good thing. Yeah. You know, you don't. You're not immediate. Your, your chances of success aren't immediately dashed. Yeah. You know, so that's always encouraging. And, uh, one more piece of news from the draft that I wanted to cover was that there was a very unusual announcement. I think draft. unusual is a good term. And so in the fourth round, um, throughout the draft, there will be, um, guests who get to announce certain teams selections and stuff. Some of them are bigger, uh, either former players or sometimes celebrities, or they support uh, charitable cause, so on and so forth. But in this instance, it was in the fourth round uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, and they had a couple uh, just Fucking fans necessary. of the teams. I'm trying to find their name in this article, but it's not popping to me immediately. Anyway, that's not the point. They get to announce their fourth-round selection. And after doing so, it's the man and the woman – the man ends up proposing to the young lady. <laughs> and not only does he propose, he uses a line from the movie Deadpool to seal the deal and presents her with a ring pop. A ring pop. And she she does say yes, which is good. She didn't walk off the stage. But um, you, knowing who our significance others are in our lives... I don't think this would go over well. No, neither do I. Uh, number one, ring pop. I don't think. I mean, to be fair, I think Morgan would have said yes no matter what I gave her. I could have tied a string around her finger and she would have said yes. <laughs> but I don't know that ring pop would have been the way to go. Uh, no. I probably would have gone string before I went ring pop. Um, yeah, yes. And, or like, remember the like uh, kid party gifts growing up, like the gift, the goodie bags, like the spider ring? Oh, yeah. 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 I think that would have gone over well. Um, but also, like, I, she would have hated being proposed to in, like, a public place like that. Oh, yeah. The only place I think I could have done it is maybe Disney. Right. But, like, that's that's even different. I mean, I... Maybe there are women out there that want to be proposed to on Jumbotrons and things like that. They want, like, all the attention and cameras. Yeah. But I don't think it's the majority. That no, I that. I don't think so because it's a, it's it's such an intimate personal moment, and and also you're like not looking your best. You're not no like yeah. You're not like they were standing up there in sweatshirts and team paraphernalia, yeah, and stuff and like, like that. It was I mean, but maybe they fell in love over the Chiefs. So, and I'm wondering was was this one a charity thing? He did he donate a certain amount of money to charity to do it. Maybe that's why he had to get the ring pop. <laughs> Maybe they didn't preface it like that. No, they didn't. But um, yeah, and, and I mean, it it is cute in the sense that you know it's obviously a unique. It's what 
what it would it would have had to have brought them together was the Chiefs. Chiefs, yeah. And so now that it it's obviously was you I know, mean, hopefully going to keep them together forever in marriage, but it's just it's just something that you know based off of you know the women you know the women in my life and the women in your life. I just and even even of the friends that I know, yeah. I just I don't know anybody who could pull that off. Yeah, and like I mean. From several podcasts back, I mean, I think we've learned that my fiance is not really into sports ball. Not into uh, sports balls. So <laughs> she like it, that right out the gate would not have been her vibe. Like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, so I mean, it takes a special relationship to accomplish something. Yeah, like so that, definitely, so. I mean, more power to them. You know, it's definitely you know good and it, they're you it was know, unique though. Unique. It was yes. uh, interesting, unusual. Yeah, for sure. So you know, more All power the to them. Words. Hopefully, they uh, they stay together for a real long time. So anyway, together all right. Forever. So that will conclude the recap of the 2021 NFL draft. Um, all right, so let's get into the uh, the gist of this podcast. The main topic of the four four or against so Noah and I have picked various topics kind of from all over sports and we'll decide whether we're for or against all right so I'm going to dive in and just present my first topic and then we'll go from there all right Noah so are you for or against men's gymnastics I would say I'm for men's gymnastics um I mean I'm a big pummel horse fan okay um, the rings, like doing that iron cross thing, that takes yeah. a lot of strength. Okay, yeah. I mean, what about you? Okay, yeah. So I'll so since this is my topic, I'll just say that men's gymnastics, I'm against. What? So that might come as surprise, but the reason why I'm against men's gymnastics is I'm not taking anything away from it in terms of like the skill or the strength or the balance that you have to have, because yes, the rings event alone, uh, my arms are sore after watching it Yeah, with the amount of skill and strength that takes. There's no doubt, but there's just no, uh, the, the, I, I don't know for, for me, men's gymnastics is just something that I could do without at the Olympics and I'd be okay with. That's actually one sport where I'm more excited to see the women's competition than the men's. I'm more excited to watch like the women's gymnastics. Is events. the second beach volleyball? Huh? I said, is the other one beach volleyball? No, not necessarily. <laughs> not um, because for whatever, I feel like there's much more like excitement behind like women's gymnastics. Yeah, like because everybody knows that most people know when you, women's gymnastics is like what what the goal is and stuff like that like i couldn't tell you like what a good pommel horse routine is for like the men's oh neither do i but versus, I just, versus you just the watch bad them one. smash their nards against the <laughs> versus but. the handles on that thing and it's yeah. just like i don't know what a good one versus a bad one is but like the women's you can tell yeah and that i guess that's like that that's the whole reason why I'm against it is I just, it's just, I don't, I, there's not a big draw for it for me. It's hard to tell what's good and what's bad other than to like the obvious, if they like they fall off or they miss something completely. Yeah. But with the women's, it's much more uh, like if they get on the vault and they, they jump and do the twist and they just barely take a step, they mess up. Right. And they lose like a whole point. And so from like Yugoslavia dead. Yeah. It's like <laughs> China. Oh, they're executed. I'm yeah. sorry. So it's just it's much, there's much higher stakes in my opinion on that. And like I mean I don't know if it's the same for men's gymnastics as it is for women's like women's gymnastics like if you want to go to the Olympics like you have to be doing it from like 3 years old. Oh, you have to be yeah. And that's the other thing is that And like you have to leave your yep. family. Yeah. Go away to training facilities. Yeah, I actually um went to homecoming with a girl who competed at the 2008 Olympics. Well, actually, I'll take that back. She unfortunately tragically got injured just before the Olympics, but she was in Beijing and she was doing like a warm up routine and she got injured. So wow, she sick compete. Brag. But, um, but I was just going to say, there, but you want to talk about commitment. She has, she, she could only be at school for three classes. The rest she did online because the other part of her day she was training. So it, it takes an unbelievable amount 
of you know commitment and stuff like that. And I think it's it's got to be comparable to the men. Yeah, but it's just not the same. I it's just in my opinion, it's just not the same. I mean, I'm a fan of men's gymnastics. I'm a fan of gymnastics in general. I mean, because I feel like most other things, I could learn to do them semi decently well. Like okay. uh, the other sports in the Olympics, I couldn't do gymnastics. Like it would take. Yeah, yeah. no, I'll, I'll give you that. Like to even get up into like on the rings, like to that like hold out position, is insane. Like these are the guys that can yeah. grab a pole that's sideways and like just have their and just body position their body like at like a, a ninety degree angle. Yeah, yeah. So like that's that's just not something in my repertoire. Like I was at the gym for an hour today, and my arms are killing me. Right. Exactly. So imagine what their arms feel like. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. But again, this is my take. Not de- right. not doubting the, the skill or the strength that it takes. Just not a fan. But just, yeah, just not for me. Simply not a big enough fan. So, all right. Well, let's move on. Uh, all right, your turn. What do you got for me? Curling. For not- or against? Okay. For or against curling as a sport or... Like the act, or like what are we talking about here? Well, uh, the the sport, not like barbells, like yeah. the yeah. sport, the Winter Olympic sport. Yes. Okay, I will give the first ever golden against. I am golden against curling. It is not a sport. It is not entertaining, and it is not anything I deem valuable. What does it feel like to be so wrong? I I mean I mean I will die on this hill. There, all right. Well, come on with me. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I hope you're prepared because yeah. you are about to die on this hill. Yeah. Curling is one of the greatest sports to grace this God's green earth, <laughs> or you know, white earth. It's winter. Mm-hmm. Um. So I mean, the I mean, <sighs> getting the curve on the stone to get it into the right place. Um, having the proper form and knowing when to release, uh, I mean, to me, it's a great Olympic sport as well as great recreational sport because you could absolutely drink while playing that game. And that's why I think it's not, it shouldn't be in the Olympics. Okay. And and it it shouldn't be, and I don't think. Most people think of it as this great, uh, you know, uh, Canada. They the curling is on TV in Canada. Well, yeah, I'm not saying that it's not televised, but I don't, I don't think that it's someone, you know, a game of for the elite. Would athletes. you say the same thing about bowling? What that it's like not not an elite level sport. Like I feel like I would say it's similar to bowling. Like there's. Like I, I think a, that it takes a great level bowler. of skill. I think it takes a great level of skill to be obviously able to compete and you know com, you know win gold medals and you know representing your your country. But I just like if you break down the game in like one sentence, it's throwing a rock across ice, gliding, gliding across ice. You're not so you're not even throwing it. No, and so you just have to glide. Well, they're it. really heavy. You because you have to you have to position it on a circle, however many feet or meters away, and so not not saying you can't play, you can't participate in curling, or that you shouldn't be allowed to use it in the Olymp- in the Olympics. Because I don't really care that much about the Winter Olympics in general. But <laughs> wrong again. I mean, I know that's going to come up again, but um. Yeah, curling for is just yeah. I couldn't I couldn't be more against it just because I don't. I can't wait for you and I to go to the curling center out here and there's talk not a, about there's a, not oh, a curling center. There right? is there is a curling center in Orlando. There's an Orlando curling club. Am I allowed to riot? Not riot. Uh, riot? No, uh, not in picket, Florida anymore. My picket. Just protest. Like, protest it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you cannot. I mean, it's a free country. Somewhat. I'll be, um, I'll be out there by myself. Yeah. No, we, you and I are going to go to the Orlando Curling Club. 
we're going to go learn how to curl and we're going to talk about it on the podcast. Okay, so you're so you're Holding, like that is happening. Okay, so why are you for curling? So what's your main reason? All right, so for, for curling, um I find it very enjoyable to watch. Uh I I don't know. Uh to me it's very relaxing. Uh in a level like golf. Mm-hmm. Also I definitely enjoy the yelling back and forth on the teams, like when they're like sweeping in front of the stone mm-hmm. to uh, like, and there is like very specific expensive curling brooms and things oh, like yeah. that. I mean, like, a, oh, yeah. with like titanium rods, like titanium, uh, what do they call that? Like the, the stick part, like the whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, the broom piece. Yeah. There, the broom handle. There you go. The handle. I would say it is my favorite Olympic sport. No, Curling. It's, no, it's not. It is. Honestly, I purchased the NBC Olympics channel during the last Winter Olympics because they had every single curling match on there. And mm. I would sit in bed and watch curling and fall asleep watching curling, wake up, watch curling. It was incredible. All right. Here at the Dasha roster, going to be taking applicants for a co-host. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but I mean, yeah, I just don't like. I like if I, if I if, if I watch if I watch like curling at all, it's I like I watch it like ironically. You know what I mean? I don't watch it. Shame. I don't watch it and think, "Oh wow, look at this!" I'm like, "Oh my god, yay!" Like I just, I, oh, I, dude, watching the stone come into place and knock the st- uh, existing stone out of the middle, weaving its way between like four other stones, and just hitting perfectly and knocking the other stone out for them to win. Oh, not a feeling like it. Like, I'm maybe you'll understand after you curl. Like, like I've played shuffleboard and that's exciting and, and then and that's it's and, similar and that's, it's fun yeah but it's yeah it's not i would not put it up to but the shuffleboard is not in the olympics curling i is. would not put it up to the it, it's it's the florida version of curling and i wouldn't i would not put it up there with like other sports like achievements and stuff like that but um right, we'll uh, go, okay we'll, so we'll go curling and we'll see if you change your mind i i I'll put my whole life savings i won't um, so, so far I'm two against your two, four. Yeah. Okay. So. Huh. Huh. Trend developing. Um, okay. But this next one that I have, I have for or against the unwritten rules of baseball. And I think that we could unanimously hard against give us our, give our opinions. If yeah. it's a rule, write it down. Oh, you took the words out of my mouth. Is that like the unwritten rules of baseball? Who is keeping these rules up? You know what I mean? Yeah. Who is the... You know who's keeping them up? The, Announcers. And like the baseball writers who are 97 years old, who, you know, for the San Francisco Chronicle, who just want to see players, you know, play with no passion. Yeah. And I was thinking about what are some of the unwritten rules in baseball. It's hard to even say because they're unwritten. Yeah. Uh, bat flips. Yeah. No bat flips. Yeah. Uh, no... Um. Oh, what's uh hitting a three zero count? Hitting on a three zero count. Yep. Um, you you have to excessive home run celebrations. Yep. Uh, you can't unless it's a walk off, and then yeah. it's okay. Yeah. And then um, you have to have a certain pace going around the bases. Yeah. Can't you take your time. You too can't. Much. You can't dawdle. Can't, yeah. On a home run. And things like that. So basically, it's going down to anything anything that has to do with these players celebrating or being unique. Showing in personality. Of, of any kind. And I've talked about, actually, in uh, two podcasts ago. Um, you can check it out. Episode 44. Underrated, uh, overrated. Underrated, overrated. In which I would think that uh, celebrating in uh, baseball should be more recognized. Yes, and that you know, home runs they should be allowed to do some something not crazy, but they should be able to do like something I, where they take not, like not a full touchdown dance. Right, like, that's not what we're talking about. But like <laughs> I, a celebration, like I think you they I should be you, able to have like their thing. I think you could take like the bat and like like cock it like a gun yeah. out into the outfield, or 
like if the pitcher strikes him out, he could do some little like TikTok dance or something, whatever they would do yeah. if they get a strikeout. I think Un- that would be unwritten so Unwritten cool. rule of baseball, when you get struck out, the ump has to do an overly excessive strikeout. Oh. That's what I'm in favor of, though. That one is actually, yeah, because it adds, it, it's entertaining and adds a little bit of flair. Yeah. But for the most part, it's, oh, I love, I love watching those. Um but yeah, unwritten rules of baseball definitely one that just I don't I don't even think I need to go any further on it. Very much against against. All right, uh, for or against college fight songs? Um, I'm not 100 percent sure, honestly. Um, let me hear your opinion and then I'll kind of so, digest that. I'm against college fight songs. Okay, I think most of them are pretty damn lame. Okay. Um, I'm not even a huge fan of UCF's college fight song. Like, like um, I just, I, they're, they're of a bygone era. They like, yeah, like I get that. One of the cool things about college is like, you've got the marching band and stuff. I don't know how many people like really get into the fight song when it plays. Like, I mean, maybe it yeah. depends on the school. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, but like People who have college fight songs as their ringtone, like, I judge you a little bit. Yeah, that, in, in that scenario, that's a little much. Yeah. You know, um, but I'm trying to think. Um, so are you against, like, singing the songs during, like, games or, like, like with the words or, like... What, like that's you, the thing, like, I couldn't tell you the words to any college fight song. Uh, it just, uh, like... And I used to know Florida's fight song back in the day. And it's, I mean, I know, I, I know the words to UCF's fights. I, I know some of the words like victory, victory, but like, that's, that's the only yeah. words I know. Like, and like, I could do it like, bum, 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 bum. I would be cool if they stopped playing it. Like it's a very much a, a take it or leave it for me. Like I'm not, not a fan of college fight songs. I just, I don't get here's, it. Here's UCF's fight song. UCF charge onto the field with their spirit we'll never yield. Black and gold charge right through the line. Victory is our cry. V I C T O R Y. Tell our knights will shine. There you go. Yeah. So I understand why you're not necessarily for that one. It's pretty short. It is pretty short. Um. I I um. Okay. So if I had to be for or against fight songs i would say i'm for fight songs um i because i definitely love like because they play it like when they score a touchdown yeah and so just to hear it's not obviously the words or anything like that but i I just i don't know something about it gets me pumped it gets me like really excited fire a cannon and stuff like that but i don't know it's no nfl fight songs it's something very well there's a lot of things that you that no yeah i know but but i think that um, yeah, I think that fight songs, I think, give each team or each school kind of more just something else that's more that sets them apart and makes them unique, you know? So I think that that is, um, I think they're fun. I think a lot of them are, are have, you know, obviously the much older schools have uh, deeper traditions in their fight songs yeah, and stuff like that. And so I think that, you know, it just, it just kind of keeps that alive. And so... Um, yeah, I wouldn't like if they said classic like, UCF against tradition. If they if they didn't if they decided you know tomorrow we're getting rid of fight songs, I wouldn't be like I wouldn't be upset. But um, yeah, I'm four fight songs. Okay, I'm four fight songs. Oh, you got one four. I got one four. Um, okay, my next um, topic that I will bring up is for or against entertainers fighting professional fighters. Uh, this is uh, coming in the midst of uh, the Paul brothers who have been in the ring um, fighting uh, Jake Paul. He fought uh, Nate Robinson, who not a professional fighter, but uh, he was a professional athlete, uh, and he won that fight. And then he just fought um, the uh, the UFC uh, fighter Ascro or whatever his name was. And he won that fight too. Um, but now Logan Paul, who has never won a fight in his life, is going to fight arguably the greatest boxer of all time, Floyd Mayweather. So 
I am very. I, I argue about greatest boxer of all time, but okay. Uh, yeah, no, so do I. But um, he's, you know, arguably, you know, uh, a very, a very, uh, a very successful boxer. Um, but yeah, I'm very much against this trend of, or you know, this new wave of entertainment, whatever you even call this, where you have influencers or celebrities or entertainers trying to fight in it and make a compelling argument that they are going to have a, uh, a non fixed fight with a professional fighter. Um, I, I'm very much against it. Yeah, no, I don't buy it for a second. I think if this fight is fair, Logan Paul is going to get his ass whipped. It's not like, it, it's not going to even be close. Like it, I hope people understand that. No, like Logan Paul is going to be embarrassed. Yes. Like, yeah, if the if Floyd trains like this is a real fight, then he he if he wanted to he could even dismantle if he it. doesn't train, right? Just like, just yeah. by his natural instincts. That's the thing about a professional boxer; they've got natural built-in instincts to find your weaknesses, yeah, without you even realizing you're exposing them. Yeah. I mean, they have that split-second hand-eye coordination where they can see. You open up for a split second and get their fist in there to knock you on your ass. Oh, yeah. It's it's not even gonna be close. Like it's it, I And even the ones I'm who, gonna feel bad for people that buy it on a pay per view because it's gonna yeah. last I mean there's gonna be so much prelude. Yeah. And then the fight itself is gonna last maybe three minutes. Or Floyd carries them for several rounds so people feel like they got their money's worth air, yeah. air quotes. And then I bet you six, seven rounds he's done. Yeah. That's it. Um, because even the fighters who are, you know, either whether it's UFC or boxing, either even if you are just a naturally good fighter, you have either the strength or the skills, it does take, like you were saying, years to develop the tactical edge to dismantle your opponent. You know? Yeah. It, it, you can't, you don't I, just, just learn... Or you don't just jump into the ring or jump into the octagon and you figure out how to, you know, every time your opponent, like, drops his left shoulder, they're going to come with a with an uppercut. Or I what, mean, or I was doing jujitsu for six months before I got my first person to tap out. Right. Just because, yeah. like, you you don't know what you don't know. Of course. And so it's, it's not going to be good. It's going to... Like, it's I don't be, know why people would pay for it other than, I mean, I guess the meme factor. Like, Yeah, it, it's just it's just too – like, here's how it's going to go. One, It's only a couple of ways, and it's e- – each way seems fixed, right? Either they come out there and they really go at it and Floyd destroys them, and it's like, yep, that's what we all thought was going to happen. Or um, they come out there and Logan Paul somehow wins – then it's everyone's gonna say it's fixed. Yeah. Or, also, Floyd Mayweather's not gonna let himself have a loss. Or somehow, or or the only possible just bizarre outcome would be a draw. But I I just I like you said with Floyd having like a 52, 53 and O record, I cannot see him agreeing agreeing to, to lose or um agreeing to a tie just because his ego is that big and he knew he can get a massive payday from this fight. Exactly. And so, I mean, even if they go six or seven rounds, I don't know that Logan Paul's going to be able to hold his hands up. Right. Like throwing punches takes so much out of you. I mean, hell, we saw that with when he fought Conor McGregor. Yeah. And Conor McGregor is a professional fighter. He is it's it's different from boxing the UFC, but you could see uh for those that remember that fight years ago, by the time Conor McGregor got to the 10th rounds, he was gassed. Yeah. He, because he, he's used to at the max five, five round rounds. fights, where now he's in the 10th round and he still has to get up and go throw punches that have force behind them. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, after, I mean, you start to lose force off your punches pretty quickly mm-hmm. just because, like, you've sapped all of the energy in your body, like that. Yeah. Your muscles are taxed, like, they, you can only throw full force punches for so long. Right. I 100% see Logan Paul coming in out in the first two or three rounds trying to throw haymakers. Oh, he's going to every s- and yeah. 
he's going to blow out his arms. Yeah. And the moment you start to gas your arms, they're not coming back. Yeah, like, I mean, just if you're listening to this right now, throw 20 punches as hard as you can just in the, in the air and tell me you're not out of breath by the time you do I that. I do that in the mirror sometimes. And like after the fourth or fifth punch, I'm, I'm huffing. Yeah, so imagine trying to do that for... 30 minutes which is what would what 10 rounds would be of a fight That's, so it's it, it's it, it takes a lot to do yeah. that so um i it's i wouldn't pay for it no i and anybody who does i think is you're, waste, you're throwing your money out you're, you're, or you're just a fanatic for one of those two guys i will say though if they like the paul brothers want to essentially create a real life like celebrity death match type uh venue where they get celebrities to fight one another i'd be all about that that would be fun like could you imagine if you got like really high profile like let's just say you go for like the creme de la creme and you get like barack to fight trump barack obama, <laughs> barack obama to fight donald trump oh my gosh do you want to talk about that pay-per-view well, i was thinking you get tom hanks to fight tom cruise the battle of the toms oh i dude i would pay for that which the- i mean i would put my bunny on tom cruise he does all his own stunts He's also a little bit crazy. Yeah. A little, a little Scientology. Don't Scient- come after us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm, this is so stupid. I mean, can you imagine them going into an octagon? Well, and like, oh no, I can't. And it's just like, I don't understand how they're get, getting like, because I don't, I don't know anybody it? who is, I mean, I, I'm, I know I'm specifically harping on the Paul brothers, but, and I mean, I'm, I guess I'm not technically their demographic, but like, who is a Logan Paul or Jake Paul fan? Like, like who's fifteen-year-old girls? I guess. I mean, are they really signing up for the fight? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. who are they? Who are they getting to? Uh, and like, also, I'm surprised that it's Logan Paul and not Jake Paul. Yeah, I was too. Um, because I feel like, I feel like Logan Paul is much bigger than Floyd Mayweather is. Yeah. So I don't know. How I mean, there's definitely work. that. I mean, they're not going to be. It's going to be a catch weight. Like they're not. Same weight class. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, like, I mean, is this, like, an NVBC-sanctioned, Nevada Boxing Commission-sanctioned fight? Like, It's a circus, is what it is. Are you going to be able to bet on the fight? Because that's that's a thing right there. Because if you're able to bet on the fight with sports books, they, they can't fix it or else there's legal jeopardy there. Right. So that'll be the thing. If it's picked up by sports books and you can bet on it, I'll feel more comfortable that it's not a fix. I, it would if they if it does, it would have. I I can't imagine the line being any more. Or it, it would have to be at like it's Floyd, free money. Floyd May- Mayweather would I would say it's minus five thousand. Yeah, it's free money. And Logan Paul would probably be plus plus five thousand. Yeah, like, put, in just, a, put in put in a hundred bucks to get five bucks. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's actually, I guess it would be 50. Um, but it's stupid. Yeah. So, like we said, both against this, I really hope that it doesn't become a trend. But yeah, it's, we'll, we'll, we'll no. see what happens. No. All right. Um, moving on. Next item. Uh, mine is a possible rule suggestion for or against at kickoff if you. In football, if you kick it through the uprights, you get two points. I would say I am for this rule change. I, because then it would make the, at least especially now, the kickoff seems so mundane. It seems so it's just always a touchback. It seems very much. It. I mean, it, I like it because it's it's it, it of what it signifies. You know, it's, it 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 starts the game, but it's very most especially at like a professional level. It's very much. You know, nine out of ten times it's a touchback. So you just watch a guy take a knee or just let it roll in the back of the end zone. There's nothing exciting. You you could basically just go get a drink and come back and you wouldn't have missed anything. So this adds an element of strategy to this, right? So um so what you're proposing they would get like two points, like a safety? Yeah, they'd basically get a safety. If you kick it off and it goes and it goes through the uprights, yeah, you get two points. And it then it's a touchback. Right. Then, 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 okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'm, no, I think this would be, you know, this would just add, an, like, an element. And it's an added element to the kicker. I mean, yeah. the kicker has more 
uh, FaceTime, I guess you would say, like uh, added value. Yeah, and I think it would also make the game safer because that's where most – yeah, I'll say most of the concussions injuries happen are on kickoff or special team plays. So if you're automatically going – to try to kick it through the uprights where like you have the choice, like where you feel like if you feel like it's in your best interest to kick it onside, you can still kick it onside. Right. And like, you're just forfeiting those two points. Right. Yeah. Uh, Or yeah. Or or whatever the case. I mean, I would even advocate for getting rid of the extra point. And this is the extra point. Mm, Maybe. I mean, I don't know if I go that far, but, but as far as, doing that would this be college pro or both or my thought was pro pro yeah um yeah i think that that would be yeah i love that idea because it like i said i think it makes it safer i think it makes a bigger um val more value on a kicker now and yeah um makes the kickoff much more exciting to watch and um all right let me move into my final for or against. And my final for or against is super teams. Are you for or against super teams? And when I say right, super yeah, teams, can you clarify what you mean by super teams. Like we're talking about, like super league for <laughs> soccer, or like uh, when I say super teams, I mean like pylon teams where you already have, um, like especially in basketball, where you have pylon teams, and uh, like Kevin Durant joins the Warriors. LeBron James and Chris Bosh when they join the Heat with Dwayne Wade, things like that. Yeah. Um, I. Hmm. You gotta think about it. I'm for them with conditions. Hmm. Okay. If it can be set for like a minimum time, like. So, I mean, maximum time. Okay. Which I don't know how that would work, but, like, my thought was, like, I mean, I I don't even know how that would work. So, I'm actually going to change. I'm against. Okay. You're against super teams. Yeah. I just, it. It's a tough It's an unfair advantage. But, like, the thing is, like, if you're inside your salary cap, like, what does it matter? Yeah. Right. And. I would say that I'm actually for super teams. Yeah. And um, I'm not saying I'm the type of person who just like, yeah, you put basically the all-star team all on one team type of thing. But I think that this is kind of going deep into, you know, basketball, I guess. But it used to be that uh, basketball, especially, you know, 70s, 80s, even the 90s had – like a like a quote unquote like villain of the league or like a like a like a like you had like a bad team or like like the bad boy the bad boy Pistons mm-hmm. back in the eighties and you had um, guys like Carl Malone you had guys like Dennis Rodman um, you had some people even would say Charles Barkley Shaquille O'Neal at times now the NBA doesn't really have guys that you cheer against we need a new Ronald test. Or like a runner test, Meta World Peace. Meta World Peace. Um, After he threw a chair at some guy's uh, head and elbowed James Harden in the head. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, Meta World Peace. Um, I think this now creates a villain in the league. It yeah. creates something to cheer against. Um, obviously, if you're like a fan of the Brooklyn Nets, who now have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, obviously you're cheering for that team because they're your team. But at the same time, I think it creates, like I said, uh, something to cheer against, and it gives you a reason to cheer for a team, uh, like a, like if it was like a David versus Goliath type matchup. It gives you a reason to root for like teams that are in terrible or just completely mismatched. Orlando Magic, the Orlando Magic are a great example. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I and I think that it creates like a new challenge to the league. It's um, Instead of just saying, oh, well, we can't beat them. They have all these stars. Uh, find a way to beat them. I think, you know what I mean? Obviously, that's that's easier said than done. But I think that every team can be beat. And I think that uh, it's up to the other teams to find a way. Mm-hmm. And like I think that, like for example, this year, the, book, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, they're very good like uh, with star power and stuff like that. 
but they are a horrible defensive team. Yeah. Like, and so I think that there's just, there's obviously ways to beat them. And uh, last thing I'll mention is that with these super teams in every, just about every single sport, there's only one ball. Yeah. So all these guys are coming into a scenario where they used to be like the man in quote unquote, and now they have to share it with another star yeah. or two stars or whatever, or three, or, I mean, three stars, whatever the case may be. And so um, uh, I don't think it, maybe it'll last, but I don't think it lasts. Uh, it also brings about what we discussed a couple episodes ago, bandwagon fans. Right. It, it definitely creates bandwagon yeah. fans. But, um, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I prefer a more standard level of competition across the board. Okay. Um, and yeah, I guess like, I'm just, I'm not a fan of putting that many stars into one team. But like you said, I mean, you're also going to run into issues of, uh, like communication and chemistry. Chemistry, and yeah. Um, so, uh, I'm split. I don't know. Yeah, and that's a tough one. And I think that's kind of why I put it on here. But I, I do, and there is like the balance of competition, but there is also the balance of like when you do have like those, the quote unquote super teams, like the Lakers and then the Nets and they collide and they, they're all the players are playing and you know, they're playing for the playoff or the championship or whatever. You're basically getting an all-star matchup, like an all-star game, but they're playing for real. Yeah. So you're getting like the best basketball you can get. And you know, it's, I think it's like just now becoming an outrage, obviously because the teams are choosing to, you know, what's the phrase? If you can't beat them, join them mm-hmm. type thing. And they're just kind of jumping ship to go to the easy, quote unquote easier, uh, alternative. But you had teams back in, uh, the seventies and eighties, like the, uh, the, like the Showtime Lakers who had, you know, uh, magic Johnson and, uh, cream of Jabbar, James worthy. And the Celtics had like Larry bird and, um, Kevin McHale and, all their star power, but no one complained about it because they loved that matchup. It was like the biggest city in the East, or one of the biggest cities in the East and the biggest city in the West. They were colliding. They were a rivalry, and the NBA wanted more of it, and the fans never complained about it. But now that they're choosing to join these teams, it's become more of uh, an outcry. Yeah. So, All right. Well, my last one is rivalries. Okay. Are you for or against rivalries? Now, this is sports-wide. Yeah. Okay, sports-wide. Um, yes, I would say I'm very much for rivalries. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious what your take is on this first. I mean, I am for rivalries. Okay. But I think rivalries should be able to change. I, shouldn't, I don't think you should be set with a rival. Okay. So, um, I mean, and I would say that this would like go to when your rival hasn't been good for years and years and years, and it's not really even a fair fight anymore. Yeah. I would prefer the ability to be able to switch who you're, claiming your rivalry is okay. to a team that actually puts up a decent fight against you. Yeah. Okay. Because I think that would make it more interesting. I mean, one of the great things about rivalry games though, is that they're unpredictable. Oh yeah. That's you, I mean, I don't, I don't bet right. on, on rivalry weekend because I, you, I have, I never know who's going to win. Yeah. I mean, I know UCF is always going to beat USF, but Outside of that, like, you never know who's going to win. And, like, part of this came, again, from, like, UCF. And I feel like Cincinnati is more of a rival for UCF now than USF is. Right. Or even Memphis is more of a rival for UCF than USF is. Well, would you say that uh, USF is also a rival geographically? 
Because yeah, it's it's a convenient rival. Well, just it, just in the sense that they obviously, you know, we're ninety not. miles apart, you yeah. know, from each South other. South Florida, it's not South Florida. It's not it's South West Florida. Florida. It's it's Tampa, Florida. Yeah, and so they're not like I said, they're ninety miles apart. So you're uh, each school is competing for uh, obviously players. They're competing for uh, students, like yeah. student body. They're um, and they're competing for just, you know, like I said, like the hometown um, allegiance, I guess. Yeah. So I think that there's the element. That's another element that creates a rival. And I think the same thing with Florida and Florida State is that uh, it, it's the same dynamic where uh, Florida State's been bad for a couple of years. See, and, but I feel like the rival for Florida State is more Miami than it is Florida. Well, that's a, that's another thing. They have multiple rivals. Is that Florida, Florida State and Florida are rivals? And Florida State and Miami are rivals. Yeah. So, um, but they they uh, there was a there was a stretch where Florida was terrible and Florida State was beating up on them, but now it's kind of flip flopped and Florida's now yeah. beating up on Florida State. So I think it does flip flop, and there are um, rival, but then there are all there are also rivalries that don't really match or don't really like stick. Like UConn tried to get a rival <laughs> going with UCF. But and again, that and was, it was one pathetic. they tried to create out of thin air without talking to UCF. And it was pathetic. Yeah. And the civil conflict. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was like, I remember when that came out and I was like, and the first thing I thought was UConn has a football team. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I couldn't even like think that, that, that I'm like, you guys are trying to like step up to UCF standards. Like you're not there. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So, like, I mean, I'm not for that, just, like, creating rivalries out of thin air. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, maybe pushing for more rivalries. Okay. You know, in the way that Florida State has multiple rivalries. Yeah. Now, like... And you have um, pretty much anybody... I was just saying, in professional sports, it's pretty much anybody who plays in your division is a rival. Yeah. Like, in the NFC East, it's, like, in football... Pretty much the Eagles, the Giants, the former R-Words, and the Cowboys, they are all, like, rivals of one another. Yeah. Right? And it's pretty much any division is a rival. Those four teams rival one another. So, uh, I mean, I would say that there's a pretty strong rivalry between the Cowboys and the Eagles. Mm -hmm. And obviously, the Cowboys and the R-Words, just because, like... Yeah, I think that goes without saying. Yeah. But and so I think that I'm for rivalries. I think that a lot of them are just like, especially like the really old ones, like Michigan, Ohio State. Like there's there's a lot that's like etched into history there that that just goes way back. A lot of like, you know, way back. And yeah. a lot of it's like pettiness and just like this and that. Some of it get gets kind of ugly. Well, Auburn, Alabama, when that mm-hmm. guy drove out to Auburn and poisoned the tree. And yeah, like that's another level. That's Auburn, Alabama in and of itself is another level. It is. Like, I mean, families hate each other just because of yeah, the, the yeah. team that they rep. Yeah. There's no, yeah. In Alabama, there is no, like you see them all the time, like on license plates and flags where it's like house divided. Yeah. There's no such thing in Alabama. No, your house is not divided. You are either, you are either one or, or the, the other. other. And it's just, it's not close. So, um, um, I'm I'm interested by this topic. So, in order to so if you can't create the rivalry out of thin air, no, it has to be agreed upon by the schools. Like, the schools would have to come together and kind of say, like, "Hey, we've had several good matchups over the last five years. Why don't we make this a normal thing?" Yeah, and like, I mean, like you have like Red River Showdown. Like, I love that rivalry. I mean, it's a fun one. You have, but you have games that are not rivalries, but that are named games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's more of the level what I'm talking about, like seeing more of that, because I feel like we haven't had something like that that's come about since the early eons of college football. Okay. Well, yeah, I think we're both for. Yeah, I'm for definitely like- for rivalries. To the point that I'm for more rivalries. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't have a problem with that. I think that would be, yeah, you know, within it makes within sports more re- interesting. Oh, I mean, I think you have to have like certain certain criteria, of course. But um, yeah, I mean, I would definitely like to see more like games that have like a name to it, like you said. That yeah, would, I think that would be cool. 
All right, let's let's recap what we what we you know just what we were for and what against men's gymnastics. I'm against. I'm for here for curling. Golden against hard hard four. So complete ends of the spectrum on those. Unwritten rules of baseball. We're both, both against, against those. Um, you said uh, college fight songs. I'm against. I'm for. I, I, I like them. I think they're nice. Uh, inter, uh, entertainers fighting professional fighters. We're both against, both against that. that. Uh, and then points on kickoff. Points on kickoff. We're both for that. Both for that. And then uh, super teams. I'm for them. You're on the fence. On the fence. Don't know what where I stand. Yeah. Prefer more of a standard playing field. Yeah. And then rivalries. We're both uh, for that. So anyway. All right. Give us your feedback, guys. Let me uh, let us know what you think about uh, this uh, format of a podcast. If you like it. If you were for or against uh, the topics that we mentioned. Or if you're for or against our podcast. Or if you're for and against our podcast by subscribing and uh, leaving us a like and comment on um, your platform of choice. Um, and we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we really appreciate all the support that we get from, uh, the weekly listeners and new listeners. We really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, signing off for now. I'm Paul. I'm Noah. Be good. Y'all.